What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings. We are talking fantasy football. We are recapping a wild Sunday with a lot of injuries. Derek Henry had as many catches as Alvin Kamara had PPR fantasy points if you play in a non-decimal league. So think about that. Career high in catches for Henry. He had a huge game. Everybody got hurt. The Raiders are 2-0. They've beaten the Steelers and the Ravens. They've destroyed everybody's survivor pool. Man, what a crazy day. Heath, what did you think about Sunday of week two? I was I was starting to work on the Believe It or Not article, and I just wanted to put Believe It or Not, We Know Nothing. Because so much of what happened in week two, and this happens every single year, so much of what happens in week two seems to have no correlation to week one or anything we ever thought. For example, the Cowboys decided to run more than they passed today. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot the, of things. Uh, yeah, go on. The The New Orleans Saints beat the Packers by 35 points and then scored one touchdown and lost by 19 to the Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened. Yep. Uh, there were Yeah, there were other things like uh, Austin Eckler. About goes Blake from- Jarwin having more fantasy points than Amari Cooper. Yeah, but 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 like Austin Eckler, no role in the passing game to nine catches. Um, Leonard Fournette still yeah, but, had the role in the passing game. That was interesting. Ronald Jones, you know, whatever. Um, remember a, Giovanni Bernard? Yeah, yeah, right, him too. Um, Jonathan, T- how about Michael Pittman? Right, totally. Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack played like two series. He did entire series. Mm-hmm. Dave, what caught your eye? I mean, it, it felt like every five minutes somebody else was being helped off the field. And it was, it was like uh, the Raheem Mostert week, but for everybody in the NFL, like they all like paid, you know, homage to Raheem Mostert <laughs> by limping off the field, and then like a series later, they're back and they're fine and they're contributing to their to their teams. Dalvin Cook got hurt twice, twice, yeah, came back both times. Uh, goodness, uh, Mike Evans was down; he came back. There's there's a ton of names. A ton. Of oh, let's Higgins. do it. Let's go. Let's go through it right now. Christian, were, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. I know. Left with cramping. Yeah. And he came back in. Well, there were five or six quarterback injuries. So unfortunately, this is where we have to start. Let's start with the big news. Tyrod Taylor hamstring injury. 
And David Culley was asked about Deshaun Watson, and he did not rule out Deshaun Watson for Thursday's game against Carolina. So we'll keep an oh, eye on that. Yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton left with a knee injury. Can you imagine? I, no, I couldn't, but... I couldn't either, but it, it's already a wacky season, right? Of course, yeah. I think they did say for sure that Terod Taylor would not be playing. The expectation right. is that Davis Mills will start. I think they walked that back a little bit uh, that they hadn't ruled him out. But again, it's Sunday night as we record this. Hope you're watching on YouTube, by the way. You can watch this live, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We don't expect Taylor to play, let's just say that. So Davis Mills could be in line to start against the Panthers. So Dalton injured his knee. Justin Fields, he's rostered in over 70% of leagues. But do you guys think he's ready to be a, a fantasy starter? He didn't look ready I mean, to be a, a well, NFL starter. I, I like it's hard. He certainly didn't look like it. Um, with a week's full of snaps, maybe if they design an offense around his skill set and don't have a game plan set for Andy Dalton, maybe. But no, he didn't look ready at all. And the other thing is the Bengals defense in week one basically shut down Dalvin Cook. And in week two, the Bengals defense looked awesome again. It's hidden a little bit by the fact that Joe Burrow threw interceptions on three straight passes and kind of gave him some good field position. But the Bengals, and maybe it's just that the Vikings and Bears played terribly, but through two weeks, the Bengals defense looks much better than we thought it was. They are at Cleveland, then Detroit, then at Las Vegas. And Cleveland's defense hasn't looked great to start the year, so it could be a nice schedule for Fields. Obviously, you know, obviously if he's available, you pick him up. But we'll, that'll be the waiver wire show. Tua Tungavailoa left with bruised ribs in the first quarter. They're at Las Vegas next week. Carson Wentz hurt his ankle. Jacob Eason replaced him and almost immediately threw an interception. Uh, Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield, that's six quarterback injuries. Uh, Carr and Mayfield, though, at least they returned, and they right. appear to be just fine. And Derek Carr, by the way, scored more fantasy points against the Steelers than any quarterback did all of last year in the regular season. Mayfield had him beat in the postseason game, but uh, Carr off to a good start, and the Raiders, like I said, off to a good start. Uh, I don't know that there's much to react to here, but you know, if Tua is out, if Carson Wentz is out, does that does that kill all of the passing options on the Dolphins and the Colts, Dave? I think it hurts them quite a bit, and uh, it we we saw that last week Waddle was somebody that was immediately an impact player. This week it was Pittman on Indianapolis. I think it hurts them both if it's Brissett and Jacob Eason throwing them footballs. Uh, they did not look good, and I think it would take them a couple of weeks to actually like get into the swing of things and get their timing and rhythm down with the players that they have. But poor Brissett, man, that that's a heck of a receiving core that the Dolphins have. And he's going to be the, at the helm who knows how long. And even if it was two, I don't know if we'd be able to be that excited about like the upside for Fuller, for Waddle, for Parker. I think everybody's had enough of Mike Kosicki at this point. So it's it's a tough deal all the way around with both of these teams. It, it's really going to depend for me on whether Fuller comes back. Um, if it's just mm -hmm. Waddle and Parker and the Raiders, listen, I don't think the Raiders have a bad defense, but I think you'll be throwing a lot in that game at Las Vegas. So mm -hmm. if, if that's the case, Waddle will probably be a high-end number three wide receiver for me again, even if Brissett's the quarterback. So more injuries. Deontay Johnson got hurt on the last play of the game. That was really disappointing. Oh, stupid. Yeah, hurt his leg. Right. It wasn't even a one-possession game, right? No, it was a nine-point game. There's 20 seconds left. Uh, they he caught a crosser, got hit as he was going down to the sideline, landed awkwardly, and was sitting up on the field as the teams were talking after as the game ended. Yeah, so 
I, I, we don't have an update other than technically he left the game and didn't return. Dalvin Cook, like we said, he got hurt twice, but the, you know the second one might might have been pretty bad. It was pretty late in the game. It's an ankle injury for now. Uh, I can try to tell a funny Alexander Madison story a little bit later if you all remind me. It's not that funny. Well, yeah, whatever. Elijah Mitchell left with it. Everybody, every Niners running back got hurt. Elijah Mitchell yeah. got hurt, but he came back. Hasty got hurt. Ankle. Trey Sermon, head injury. On his first carry. And he fumbled. The fumble was called back because of the blow to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, but, all right, Heath, give me your thoughts on the 49ers running backs right now. Um, I probably will. Like, the thing is, it was such a bad performance from Elijah Mitchell, another team that looks like through two weeks has a, has a much better defense than maybe we thought the Eagles. Um, they were great against the Falcons and great against San Francisco. Like, you look at the number of touches that Elijah Mitchell got, and I'm presuming he is more likely next week to be ready than Trey Sermon. If there's no Trey Sermon, no Raheem Mostert, I'm probably going to rank Mitchell as a low-end number two running back next week. Unless we just find out after three weeks that they just don't have a good run offense. But he was good in week one. He was bad in week two. I'll probably run him back out there in week three. Week three for Mitchell was against Green Bay. He had 17 carries in this game. He had 19 carries last week. So he was started in 46% of leagues. And now that the other two guys are hurt, now you now hopefully you'll, the fab that you spent on him will pay off. There's, I, I don't think... The performance was bad, but I think if you would have told anybody who was spending fab on Elijah Mitchell, he's going to get 17 carries and he's going to have a carry from the one yard line. He got tackled like he had a touchdown Yeah, and they called overruled it. There's nothing that you should feel bad about at this time. They were bad running the ball against the Eagles as a team. Yeah, there was only just one thing is that hasty seemed to give them a little bit of a spark right before that touchdown was was uh, reversed. Hasty was in near the goal line, and then they then they had first and goal, and they brought Mitchell in. So if Hasty plays next week, I wonder right. if the split's a little more even. It right. could be sixty-two percent for Mitchell, thirty-five percent for Hasty. Hasty was the two-minute drill running back too, and so we he's see got that, a good role. Right, we see that a lot of times with the backs that are playing in those types of situations. They average more because the defense is playing pass. Mm-hmm. This one I did not notice, but Javante Williams apparently has an oblique injury. I don't know. Interesting. He gets the Jets next week. Uh, not well, sure. I hope that he's is... ready for that game. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, look, we thought he'd be better this week, but uh, Christian McCaffrey had cramps. He came back. Daryl Henderson. This is another one. He left with a rib injury. Sony Michelle came in and was really good. Uh, Jarvis Landry knee injury, probably a sprained MCL, so he could miss time. Hopefully, Beckham's back next week. Amari Cooper got hurt in the fourth quarter, late, late in the game. So we'll have mm-hmm. to check on him. Same with DK Metcalf. He's a little banged up. He did. He was out there at least for at least yeah. one target in overtime. Now he didn't make much of an effort at the target, and I didn't see anything to suggest he was 100. percent But he was on the field. He apparently he banged his knee. I think he's going to be fine. Just got the new the update here. DK Metcalf should be fine. Calvin Ridley didn't seem serious, but he hobbled off late in the late in the game. Debo Samuel got anything on Debo Samuel? I thought he, no. I think he got hurt late too. He might have come back. Um, and Mike Evans. Mike Evans, I saw him. He, he hobbled off the field. He came back for one play, and then he asked out. That's how I saw it. I don't know if he came back after that. The game was getting a little out of hand. But we'll see. <laughs> Mike Evans moves like he's Antonio Brown's age sometimes. <laughs> he does. And he got two touchdowns. It paid off. Antonio Brown was horrible. Antonio Brown was arguably the biggest bust him and, him and the Saints this week. Um, but, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into buy or sell. Antonio Brown is part of that. 
You can listen to Fantasy Football Today on your smart speakers. Simply say, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Or, hey, Google, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Buy or sell, Tyler Lockett is the best Seahawks fantasy wide receiver. Well, that's an easy buy if DK Metcalf isn't at 100% in the near future. And he's certainly been, uh, I think they have the same amount of targets in week two. Did Lockett have more than DK in week one? They both had five. I know you have a better I think they have the same amount of targets for the season. Yeah, Um, okay. So they've been tied. I'm... I, you're not going to sit either one, but Lockett will probably be ranked higher moving forward. Coming into this week, I had tweeted this out on the uh, 13th. Lockett had more PPR fantasy points than Metcalf since the start of the 2019 season. Lockett had more PPR fantasy points than DK Metcalf since the start of the 2020 season. Lockett also has more PPR fantasy points since the start of the 2021 season. Wait a second. You're saying that he outscored Metcalf in 2020, in 2020 or no? No, I'm saying including week one, he had more points oh. since the start of the 2020 season. Uh, including week so they one. were close. So it used more. the start of the 2019 season, the start of the 2020 season, or the start of the 2021 season. Lockett is better. Are than you Metcalf. telling me that you'd take Lockett over Metcalf? I, I am telling you that in the past he has definitely been better than. Well, DK I'm Metcalf. asking you what you would do going forward. What would you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, they are both almost indistinguishable. I had it that way in the preseason. They're both borderline number one wide receivers. They will both have weeks as the best wide receiver in fantasy, and they will both have weeks as wide receiver threes or worse. And you should just start them both every week and feel privileged that you have them. Yeah. I think what, and they only had the ball for 22 minutes and 30 seconds, so right around That's there. what happens when you throw 60 yard touchdown passes every time you have I, the ball. <laughs> I guess so, but also they also they couldn't stop Derrick Henry in the second half, you know? Right. But they had the ball for 20 minutes, 20 fewer minutes than the Titans in this game. It was wild. Um, I mean, but like, seriously, a lot of it was Henry, but also it takes the Titans 14 plays to go 60 yards and takes Russell Wilson one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, buy or sell. Ezekiel Elliott has a Tony Pollard problem. And let me give the numbers real quick. Zeke had a good game. 16 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown, plus two catches. I think those two catches may have both been on the last drive of the game. I'll check that. And Tony Pollard had 13 carries, 109 yards and a touchdown and three catches. Buy or sell, Zeke has a Tony Pollard problem. I buy it all the way. It's easy. You just watch the game, and you can tell that Tony Pollard looks more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott at this point. And they were both good, but Pollard was better, and he played 35% of the snaps. Zeke was in on 72% of the snaps. Yes, they played together a couple of times. Uh, Pollard is a good player. I don't know if I'm ready to start using him in fantasy, maybe as a bye week flex. But I, I wonder, like... In Mike McCarthy's heart of hearts, could he bring it upon himself to put Pollard as his main back and move no Zeke way. out of there <laughs> no, no in the way. event that Zeke starts to struggle, but Pollard does not? Right now, uh-huh. he can't do it. But this this is definitely something to monitor. Yeah. yeah uh, if Zeke's two catches did come on the last drive of the game, the game-winning field goal drive. Uh, buy or sell, Chris Godwin will suck next week. Week one, it was Brown. Week uh, week one, it was Evans. Week two, it was Brown. N- next week, it'll be Godwin. Buy or sell? Sell. Yeah, I have a hard time, uh, especially against L.A. I know it's not the best matchup in the world, but I have a hard time believing that anybody's going Tom Brady now. What, what's Jalen Ramsey going to do? He doesn't shadow. He plays yeah. almost safety at this point. Uh, He moves all around. I'm doing that based on week one. I I didn't exactly see. I know he had the interception in, in week this week 
But I don't think he's going to shadow. He, they use him like a roaming star safety, mm-hmm. and yep. it's working. <laughs> he's making a lot of plays all over the field. I don't know what he's going to do. But I think that... All I, think, I know is I that think, when Brady has a big game, Godwin usually comes through. And so Brady's, far, that's been the case this year. Brady's going to carve him up next week. Probably. But we have to figure out how many yards away is he from being able to break the record in Foxborough. I'm going to try to stay under that for the game against the Rams so he can break it in Foxborough the next week. Well, he's got to, he's got to do it in two weeks. That's it. Right, he has the Rams and then the Patriots, right? And then at the Patriots in yep. week four. Right. Uh, buy or sell, Kirk Cousins is a must-start quarterback. He's got Seattle in week three, Cleveland in week four, Detroit in week five, all at home. And this is a Vikings team whose defense has not stepped up like we thought it would. Um, uh, yeah, he's got to be in consideration. Not must start. That's no, but he's a starter. He's throwing a lot, you know, 30, 32 passes today. I guess that's not so much, but that's usually all he needs to have a good game is just a reasonable amount of pass attempts. He threw 49 right. in week one. Uh, buy or sell. He's only out there in 25% of leagues, so it's not like you can yeah. go and grab him. And- but what was his start percentage? 18%. In, how much was it? 18. Right, so that's going to go up. And if he's sitting on benches, you, maybe you can find somebody to trade for him. You won't, you won't get much in trade for him. But he continues to put up numbers, and he's throwing a decent amount. Who would you rather have rest of season? Justin Fields, not knowing how many weeks he'll start, or Kirk Cousins? It's probably for the best to say Cousins at this point. I'm taking Fields. No, no, he's, no he's fun. I get it. I get it. Not the field, Heath. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Fields of dreams. Okay. Uh, buy or sell. Allen Robinson manager should be concerned. Two catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown on four targets against the Bengals. Allen Robinson manager should be concerned. He dropped buy. another touchdown from Fields today, yeah. too. Yeah, he he that, that, was, that was one of the few times that Fields dropped back and was on time and put it right where mm-hmm. he wanted to. Yep. I, I'm not worried. Buy I, or sell. Uh, we should retire the bonanza. You s- I thought you did. <laughs> I did. I, I did. I brought it back for Cowboys Chargers. I was so certain. I, I feel. I feel like you probably should bring it around once in a while until you really nail one, and then you can retire it. So you go out on a high note. Some would say I did nail this one. You know, this is part of the fun of the bonanza. The this is what he does. Time. Hey man, I this lost. Is like I lost money on DFS because of that damn game. I I was Wait. shocked. You bonanza it and then you played the game? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm a curse. I'm reconsidering. Well, that's part of the curse. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a must-start wide receiver, no matter who his quarterback is. Brandon Cooks is a must-start wide receiver, no matter who his quarterback is. Last week, he had uh, 132 yards. This week, he had 78 yards and a touchdown on 14 targets. Mm-hmm. Buy or sell? I don't. I, if it's Davis Mills at quarterback, I have a hard time loving Brandon Cooks. That was his touchdown, right? Yes. It was. But he also only had 28 yards in the second half. Yes. I'll give you the good and the bad. He had 50 yards in the first half with Terod Taylor. He had 28 yards in the second half, but he had half of Davis Mills' passes. Mills threw 18, and nine of them went to Cooks. They've got Carolina on a short week, then they're at Buffalo, then the Patriots. 
Yeesh. Uh, Colts after that. I, I'm again, same thing I said last week. I'm trying to sell high on Brandon Cooks. We're going to take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, an early look at the waiver wire, plus your news and notes, winners, losers, top five at each position, and a recap of each game with our fantasy thoughts. We will be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. Here we go. Early look at the waiver wire. Uh, by the way, LaVisca Chenault apparently has a shoulder injury and he will and have an MRI the, tomorrow. He was going to be a segment of the feature of our new segment that I think is very fun. People have been asking for more of it. Is this weird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was his La- stat line today? LaVisca Chenault had seven targets, t- caught two of them for negative three yards. That was ridiculous. It's weird. He's lucky he didn't catch more. His yards per catch would have been even worse. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, news and notes. Uh, Oh, sorry. Early look at the waiver wire. Let's do that first. So who's out there? Who do you want? There isn't a lot. Like, you look at the running backs, and, like, Cordero Patterson's going to be widely available, but I'm just – I can't get excited about him. J.D. McKissick had a touchdown late. Great. Um, Jermichael Hasty might be hurt. I look at the receivers. There's some good names there. Sterling Shepard is still available in 45% of leagues. Rondell Moore, 55% of leagues. Henry Ruggs, 55% of leagues. That's what they're available in. And then you get to K.J. Osborne, who seems to be developing into that number three receiver for Minnesota. Had a ton of targets in week one, and no one was really talking about him. And I remember watching the film, and he was okay. He's a part of the offense. And then he was a big part again in week two. Had the long touchdown on a broken play. Uh, is available in 97% of leagues. You could do worse with a bench spot. I mean, if Dalvin Cook's hurt, then we're going to have to go blow our fab on Alexander Madison and and hope that he doesn't stink again. You want my funny Madison story now? Yes. Okay, so in one of our leagues, uh, I dropped Michael Pittman for Sammy Watkins. Play it. What? I don't have you guys so idiot moron. I don't have the clip. No Pittman. Oh, sorry. Pittman. I, I I dropped Michael Pittman for uh for Sammy Watkins. Dave sends me a text with the screenshot of the ad drop and says, "This will be your 2021 Peyton Barber." Now the reason I did this, is I needed to start this player for Saquon Barkley. I needed someone to start. I felt better starting Watkins over Pittman after he had such a horrible game. Of course, Pittman goes for 100 yards and, and whatever. So I'm already feeling bad about that. But also in this league, Dave picked up Alexander Madison, who was dropped earlier in the week. He picked him up for $1. And I thought, I 
could have sworn I put in a, a bigger bid for Madison. How did I not get him? So I checked this morning. I dropped Michael Pittman for Madison for $2. But forgetting that, I dropped him for Watkins, and Watkins was available immediately. Madison was on waivers. So I didn't get Alexander Madison, even though I had the highest bid, because Michael freaking Pittman was not on my team anymore. So... That is Thank you, Adam. Yeah, you're welcome, Dave. And Don't uh, worry, you'll be able to get Pittman back, right? No one picked him up. That is true. But so I you can just go spend your fab on Pittman. Yeah, I don't know that I don't know who's going to with the Wentz injury. Um all right, anyway, thank you for indulging me, everybody. Uh yeah, tight ends. I, you know, you should you should know that Jared Cook had a touchdown called back. So he's seventy four percent rostered. If if you can still get him, maybe you want him. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not going to be such a great week for waivers. Quarterbacks will be interesting. Two QB leagues are going to be very, very active this week. Uh, all right, time for some more news and notes. And Devin Singletary fumbled today. So did Zach Moss. That is three fumbles in two games for Devin Singletary. I believe, though, another one. You can check this. All of Devin Singletary's fumbles have landed out of bounds. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> that's that. That's why. That is weird. Is that weird, Heath? It is this weird. Uh, all right, so that's something to keep in mind. Moss had two rushing touchdowns, but they were late. It was garbage time, at least for one of them. Singletary was the starter. TJ Watt left with a groin injury. Steelers defense beat up is beat up right now. Bradley Chubb missed week one for Denver. They're uh, one of their good star pass rushers, and he came back in week two, but he left with an injury. Taylor Luan for Tennessee, left tackle. He got was, uh, warming up, got hurt, did not play. T. Higgins hurt his arm, but he came back, caught a touchdown. Um, Tampa Bay defensive back Mike Edwards had two pick sixes in the fourth quarter. That was wild. Also, Carlton Davis hurt his hurt, got hurt in the first quarter. Heath, this is something we talked about off the air, but the Chargers had a lot of plays, a lot of big plays called back. I just mentioned the Jared Cook touchdown. That was a short touchdown. I think it was a one-yard touchdown. But they had some big plays called back. Justin Herbert... You know, maybe he's a buy low right now because I think he's been better than the numbers. He's been a little unlucky. We're going to need a new drop for the free man. Um, but we'll get to that later. No spoilers. Um, really? 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 Um, there's yes. A, there's another one. I definitely think I, think, I think Justin Herbert may have lost 125 yards and two touchdowns to penalties today. It was absurd. And some of them I didn't necessarily agree with, but I also played him in DFS, so maybe that's why. Um, yes, I think that Justin Herbert has been better than his fantasy production so far. Yep. Yeah, the, the Chargers had five drops in week one. Right. So yeah, just a, a lot of, you know, you, you look at Mike Williams' numbers and Keenan Allen's numbers, and you go, okay, these guys have been really good, but Herbert hasn't quite delivered as much. And I, I think if we actually took all the stats that he – you know, got called back by penalties or drops or whatever, things that weren't necessarily his fault, I think you'd see that he was been a good fantasy quarterback the past couple of weeks. They just have to work that out in L.A. Thank you guys, by the way, for firing me up about Mike Williams preseason and this week. I don't know I would have drafted him if it weren't for this, for, for my colleagues. So off to a great start. Well done, guys. And to what? I'm serious. Yeah. I'm, uh, no, I, I appreciate that. I'm watching the game at the same time, and the funny things are happening tonight, just like they happened all day long. And I'm not going to spoil it because I know that some people that really upsets. Yeah, me. You didn't care about it until one of our listeners was also upset. But yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Philadelphia defensive lineman Brandon Graham left with an injury, and right guard Brandon Brooks left with an injury. So we yeah. got to keep an eye Graham on Graham is reportedly an Achilles injury. Oh, so no. that really hurts Philadelphia's pass rush. Winners and, and losers. Out, that hurts their offensive line, too. Here we go with our winners and losers for Fantasy Week 2. Dave, you can start. You have Cortland Sutton, who had 159 yards today, and no other Bronco had more than 38 receiving yards or more than six targets, and he had 12. And Jacob Gibbs tweeted that Cortland Sutton had more air yards in Week 1 than any player had in all of 2020 in any single week. Your other winners are Damian Harris and Julio Jones. Start with Cortland Sutton. Uh, let's run through these, uh, you know, little... Fairly quickly. Go ahead with Sutton and then Damian Harris and Julio Jones. I wasn't sure what to expect from Sutton because I saw Tim Patrick breaking ankles when he was running his routes and KJ Hamler running downfield with breakneck speed. And Sutton was able to separate with like leverage and physicality. And I've got to go back and watch everything with him. But I mean, the numbers tell a pretty good story that he was dominating this Jacksonville secondary. And part of it might just be whoever's playing against Jacksonville fire up those receivers against them because they are just not good at defending the pass. But it was great to see Cortland Sutton step up. It was great to see Damian Harris, after that costly fumble in week one, get another opportunity. He didn't get every single carry, and we saw James White pick up a lot of work. But Harris did get a lot of numbers. What a touchdown, Dave. What a freaking touchdown he scored. It was an awesome run. I don't know how many tackles he broke. When I tweeted it, I wrote at least two. But someone was like, oh, it was more like seven. And then at the end, he's just like in a pile and his offensive linemen push him into the end zone. So it was a a tough, tough run. The type of thing that Bill Belichick is going to absolutely love. And I think Harris is right back to being his main running back with James White as the the passing downs guy. And Julio Jones did not look good in week one. Stepped up for over 100 yards in week two. There's this debate about whether or not he had a touchdown called back. He made a catch in the back of the end zone and it looked like one of his cleats barely touched the white of of the you know the boundary and when you watch on tv it looked completely like he was in bounds like just barely in bounds and the refs said he was out of bounds so he should have had an even bigger game than what he had and really did step up made really helped ryan Tannehill out to get over 300 yards today yeah Tannehill, because of that play didn't throw a touchdown ended up with only 13 mm-hmm. points i believe but it was weird. Not only did they say it wasn't a touchdown, they actually overturned the call on the field. So you would have thought the call would have stood. But uh, anyway, uh, would you rather have Cortland Sutton or the big dud, Devontae Smith, from today, anyway? Sutton. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm ready to run away from Devontae Smith. Well, you don't have to, to like Cortland Sutton better. You just think Sutton's well, no, going I, to be what he was. I, I don't think Sutton's going to be this every week. He played Jacksonville this week. No, what he was before his injury. That was better than what we thought Smith was before this season. Yeah, without sure. Judy, right. All right, so who would you rather? Right. So, like so when we were drafting Sutton, like one of the worries that we had was that, well, he's not going to get every single target because Jerry Judy's there, and Judy we figured would be better. And today he just really stepped up. We know Judy will eventually come back. But Fant. So what's it going to be? Patrick what's it gonna Fant be? had touchdowns. Sutton or Smith? I, I think Devontae Smith can be better rest of season. All right. Silly as that sounds. Uh, how about Heath's winners? Rondale Moore. He's only 44% rostered. He's special. 77-yard touchdown catch, and he had eight targets. Do you think that – you think he's going to be reliable? I don't know if he's going to be reliable early in the year. I kind of think by the end of the year there won't be much choice left 
Like they're just going to realize we need to get this. And they're acting like it already. I mean, it's pretty rare for a team to be manufacturing touches for a guy like him this early in the season anyway. So I don't know. I think he'll be a reliable number three wide receiver or as reliable as number three wide receivers are. And listen, if he's 44% rostered, he needs to be one of the top guys on the waiver wire. Hold on, hold on. Uh, the reason why he's getting the work is because of what he did on the 77-yard touchdown uh, against Minnesota in Week 2. He's currently leading the Cardinals in targets, catches, and yards mm. through two weeks. He's got more than Hopkins in all three of those categories. So uh, I think he's absolutely somebody who could be here to stay for a while. Five targets and four catches in Week 1. It was 10 PPR points in Week 1. Uh, he absolutely has to be rostered in PPR leagues and definitely is a good bench guy in non-PPR leagues. I'm getting a little worried about Hopkins. At the end of the day, he's still DeAndre Hopkins, and Kyler Murray is playing so well right now. But mm. he had four targets today <laughs> in a shootout. So, kind of interesting. All right, Heath, your other winners are Kyle Pitts. We'll put two Falcons. Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson. And Pitts, I mean, I'm just surprised that there are enough fantasy managers who have Pitts and another tight end. Pitts was only started in 71% of leagues. He had five catches for 73 yards on six targets. Patterson had uh, two touchdowns. He had a third one called back. It was a good call. He was out of bounds, but he almost had a three-touchdown day. He had five catches. Uh, give me your thoughts on Pitts and Patterson. I have always thought that Cordero Patterson was a terrible running back, but and I was a big proponent of Mike Davis, but I can say nothing other than Cordero Patterson has been better than Mike Davis each of the first two weeks as a running back. He had and seven carries for 11 yards, though. I, I am, well, he had f five catches for 50 yards or something, right? Five yeah. for 73. Five for 58 today and two for 13 last week. Um, I mean, Mike Davis has not looked very good at all, and Patterson has at least had plays where he did. I'm a little bit concerned that Patterson's going, role is going to grow and Davis's role is going to shrink. I, like Dave, have a hard time getting excited about Cordero Patterson, but he should be rostered in a lot more leagues. And with Kyle Pitts, it's more just, we told you that week one was good because of the volume. Week two, it turned into production even with a little less volume. I still think he's probably not going to live up to what his ADP was, but that doesn't mean he's not a starting tight end. He's definitely a starting tight end, and you should start him. Boy, the uh, Higby, Higby, Everett, Comet, Comet, Goddard, yeah. Uh, Goddard had a touchdown called back, right? Yeah. I think he had a called back or he was just oh, he was short tackled at the, the one. Yeah, yeah, he had an almost touchdown, yeah. but still it was a, it was a very tight endy day. <laughs> was, well, uh, and Jared Cook wasn't very good. But he did have a touchdown called back. And John Johnny Johnny wasn't very good, was he? No, he stunk. Yeah. Uh, Waller too. Yeah, Waller came back down to earth for sure. Um and yeah, Andrews and Kelsey I mean, we Kelsey basically just got my losers. Andrew. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, did we? I'm sorry. All right, let's go to the losers. Heath's losers are Tyler Higby, Cole Komet, and Corey Davis. So are you dropping Tyler Higby's 87% rostered? He had one target today, and that was after he had five catches for 68 yards on six targets in week one. So are you dropping Higby with Tampa Bay next week? And what about Cole Komet? Do you think he deserves to be rostered? He had one target today. Tight end production against Tampa. I mean, it's pretty going to depend on who's on the waiver wire as far as Higby goes and probably commit. Like, who is the tight end that was not rostered in 60% of leagues who made you want to add him today? I, I can't. Not Max Williams. 
I can't. I know everybody's going to see what he did, but not Max Williams. I, I mean, might have one name for you, but but keep going. I got to check the roster percentage. So I I will I may just run him back out there in the leagues where I was, but I'm not going to feel good about it. I was kind of thinking, especially Higby was going to move into that. We just start him and don't think about it range. He played 100 percent of the snaps in week one. Yeah, I don't know what his snap rate was this week. Maybe he played 100 percent and got one target and showed us that he's only good in point per snap leagues. <laughs> Let's see what he did. Who am I going to say, Dave? He played 59 snaps. And Stafford played on 59 snaps. So another week with 100% of the snaps for Higby. But this is the problem with Higby. We saw it last year. It's like one week he'll be very, very good, and the next week he's not part of the offensive game plan for the Rams. It's but I, I, I agree, especially against Tampa Bay next week. They're going to need some. And if there's no Daryl Henderson, they're going to need options. And this is a good person that can help make up for a lack of a run game for L.A. So I'm with you on Higby. Komet is going to be a, a case by case basis. Yeah, against Cleveland, I don't know how uh, how that'll work out. All right, Dave, what's the, who, which tight end am I going to say? You're going to say Jack Doyle. No, Evan Ingram, 38 percent rostered, facing the Falcons. Okay, is I, he going to be actually on the field? <laughs> well, here's the thing: they how dumb would they be if they did not put him on IR and he misses three games? So he's yeah, better. The Giants. Yeah, it's yeah. The Giants. I, I, I know. I think they're. I think they're fairly optimistic about him being back for Week Three. But okay. he, he's he's a tight end. He's not going to be that good. But he's thirty eight percent rostered and maybe gives I, you something. Okay. So if if it's down to him or Komet, I don't know if Komet's done anything to stay in your lineup. Maybe no. There's nothing that should make you feel like you can commit to him. <laughs> Uh, Corey Davis, he th- he was started in forty four percent of leagues. He had two catches for eight yards against the Patriots. Are you cool with him going forward? Can we throw this one out, or are you concerned? Um, I like I had him ranked as a low end number three wide receiver this week. I was way low on him week one, and I just think like it's becoming more and more evident that they are still the Jets. So much Jets. Um, and the number one wide receiver on the Jets is not a reliable fantasy option. So you, if you need to start Corey Davis as your flex or your number three wide receiver, maybe that'll be the week that he scores a touchdown or two. But I don't think there's an, you can't there's not anyone on this team. And may, Michael Carter might emerge. He showed a little bit this week, a little, yes, but did. but he's going to have to stop getting out touched by Ty Johnson before I'm going to use him in a roster. And the problem is that that's not going to happen anytime soon. I don't like Corey Davis's matchup at Denver next week because I don't like Zach Wilson's matchup at Denver next week. Uh, he's got Tennessee in week four, at Atlanta in week five, and then a bye. I have a feeling by the time we get to that bye, we'll know what the game plan is for Corey Davis rest of season. Michael Carter did play well. I was watching a lot of this game, and I got to say Ty Johnson really did too, so give him mm-hmm. credit. But it was a great step forward for for Michael Carter, and maybe – Tevin Coleman could be out of the mix a little bit and, you know, we'll be down to basically two running backs and, you know, last man standing hopefully is Carter. Dave, your losers, Jameis Winston. He had as many touchdown passes last week as he had fantasy points this week. Five. Miles Gaskin, nine touches this week. Weird game. I mean, obviously they got destroyed. And then San Francisco running backs in general. But Jameis Winston at New England next week. I don't know who's going to be comfortable starting him there. But what are your overall thoughts? on No one. Yeah. What are your overall I, I thoughts? I can't believe he threw multiple interceptions in a game. Jameis Winston, wow. How about that? 
Uh, and, and kind of a disappointing effort from everybody in the passing game for New Orleans, including Kamara, certainly including Jawan Johnson. Marquez Calloway is droppable. There's just I, I wonder if there's something that happened to him between the end of the preseason. Remember, they only played two preseason games. I, 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 and I know what happened Yeah, to the regular season happened. The other team started playing their starters. <laughs> no, he wasn't just he well against Baltimore starters in the first preseason game. He just, I don't know, maybe my eyesight went bad or something, but he doesn't look like the same. Wait guy. a sec. Hold, let, me, let me also just play. say real quick, Jameis yeah. Winston has thrown 42 passes in two games. So that is hurting their numbers. Just to throw that out there. But I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to, are going to drop Callaway at this point. Yeah. Gaskin played 42 of 70 snaps for the dolphins. So lead running back there. He deserves more work. They're probably going to have to do something to get him the ball more with Brissett there. And the matchup against the Raiders is good, but I don't know how we can feel comfortable starting him as a number two fantasy running back right now while everybody's playing games. When the bye weeks come around, yeah, he'll fit back in there, but Gaskin definitely just hasn't been producing. And then Elijah Mitchell didn't have a great rushing average. Maybe he had one or two decent runs. Uh, he mentioned that he had a touchdown called back. He, the ball never crossed the plane. He was just short. Um it, not it, it's funny what happens when you're not playing against the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. But but the Eagles are legitimately really good up front. This is a, this was a tough matchup. We talked about it all week. You know, I forgot to mention Trenton Cannon, probably a waiver wire guy. He might be one. It just depends on how the 49ers move forward. We don't know how serious the injuries are to uh to Hasty and whether or not Sermon can come out of the concussion protocol. Not that you'd be excited to start Trey Sermon anyway since he was in on exactly one snap, they really were not. They didn't go to him until Mitchell got hurt. So they really just must be sour on Trey Sermon at this point. San Francisco has Green Bay at home in week three and then Seattle in week four. So maybe there's a chance for Mitchell if he's healthy, if his shoulder's okay. But um, I feel like anybody, even if he had scored a touchdown this week, anybody that had Mitchell was disappointed. I'm just going to defend my guy. Since we got made fun of last week, I'm, I'm you should add carry on Johnson before Trenton Cannon. Okay, oh, that's right, they've got him on the practice squad. <laughs> they might as well use him before he gets hurt. Should we, do we need a, another replay? Injured prone running backs. Where's where the hell is uh, they like cheap running backs? San Francisco signed carry on Johnson to the practice squad. Nobody's Adding carry on Johnson. Added carry on Johnson in a league this morning. Did you really? <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. I bet people, I bet, Dave, listen, if we learn you're on You're missing Monday, your laugh. You, you don't know. I was just playing a replay of last week. Did you not know that? That was so confusing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I was playing the clip. Listen to it one more time for your laugh, Dave. San Francisco okay. signed carry on Johnson to the practice squad. Nobody's. Adding carry on Johnson. Added carry on Johnson in a league this morning. Did you really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. All right, enough about those losers. Let's talk about the best of the best. Top five at each position. Tom Brady and Kyler Murray scored 39 points apiece in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Murray had them beat in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Uh, those guys are just playing at another level right now. Daniel Jones is actually QB3 this week. Kirk Cousins tied with him. And Derek Carr, QB5. <clears throat> QB five. Uh, anything to say, Dave, about Brady, Murray, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr? We already talked about Cousins. There's nothing to say about Brady and Murray at this point. Daniel Jones, I'm not buying it. It's, he just seems to always play Washington very well. Uh, he what is it Atlanta next week yeah. for the Giants? I think yep. it is. 
okay, he's got a chance. That Falcons defense is really not very good. And Derek Carr just made things happen against the Steelers. It was pretty incredible. Um, he's thrown for over and against Miami yards. next week. Listen, the Dolphins defense has also disappointed a little bit this year. It, he's played the Ravens and the Steelers, and he's thrown mm-hmm. for over 800 yards in two games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if Jacobs is out, it, it probably helps. You know, Jacobs much more, I don't know, more likely to score a rushing touchdown than Barber and Drake. So, yeah, Carr, give this guy credit. I mean, you got, you got like, Ruggs is not going to be great, but he can give you the big play. Yeah. Edwards had a touchdown catch called back. Um, Waller didn't yeah. even have that good of a game, and Carr threw for 382 yards. I, it yeah. just kind of feels like one of those guys you put him in your like wide receiver three spot and get the rugs pulled out from under you. <laughs> okay, let's go to the top five running backs. Derek Henry, one. Christian McCaffrey, two. Um, Cordero Patterson, Tony Pollard, <laughs> J.D. McKissick. Round out your top five. What the hell? Oh man! And and Henry destroyed everyone. I don't know if any run. Oh, Eckler had nine catches. Nobody else had more than Derrick Henry's six. One other. Who else had six? James White had six. I'm gonna go off script here. Let's talk about James White because he had. Forget about the rushing touchdown, right? That's not gonna happen very often, Heath. But I think it might. Okay, then don't forget about it. But the fact yeah. that he had six catches for 45 yards in a, in a blowout win, very encouraging. And maybe just what we can expect from Mac Jones, at least, uh, you know, not necessarily six catches every week, but a good sign if you have James White. An easy, reliable, short area target who currently leads the Patriots in receptions with 12. And Jacoby Myers really, I mean, he has 10 receptions, but he hasn't done anything special with it. Aguilar had the big touchdown last week. John, who hasn't stepped up, and teams might be. I, I've, I've got to go back and see how teams are playing against Mac Jones. I'm sure they're trying to blitz him and confuse him a little bit, and he's made some mistakes. I remember seeing that, but James White's an easy outlet for him. Six catches in two games, a minimum of 10 PPR just on his receiving alone. Uh, absolutely, you've got to put him in the mix as a possible starter in PPR. Teams should have every single player within five yards of the line of scrimmage against Mac Jones. And maybe like send six of them to the behind the line of scrimmage because there is nothing going downfield. Yeah, very conservative. Okay, wide receivers, top five wide receivers this week were Cooper Cup. Jeez. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about Cooper Cup. What a start. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett. Who would you guys rather have, Lockett or Cup? Cup. Cup just barely. Mike Evans with his two touchdowns, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Henry Ruggs is a top five wide receiver. So is Rondale Moore. And then there's McLaurin and Freddie Swain and KJ Osborne, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams. Anything to say about, uh, well, who would, okay, I know this is going to, I know what your answer is going to be, but I'll ask you anyway. Henry Ruggs or Rondale Moore? Rondale Moore. And any concerns about Robert Woods with this big start from Cup? Wood had, Woods had got, uh, five catches for 64 yards. I'm glad he got nine catches. We've seen in Sean McVay's tenure these two, three, sometimes four or five game stretches where they just do the same thing over and over and over until somebody stops them. And then they do something totally different that works really well until somebody stops that. There was the Tyler Higby time. There was the throw to running backs time. <laughs> now it's the Cooper Cup. And there's been lots of Cooper Cup times. Like, I think Cup's going to be better than Woods the rest of the year. But I... I think Woods will still be a number two wide receiver encouraged by the nine targets. 
Yeah, nine targets, five catches. Still getting carries too, right? Oh, I actually don't know. Uh, top five tight ends, Rob Gronkowski. Again, is he still a sell high? Four catches, 39 yards, two touchdowns on five targets. Yeah, if you didn't take the advice last week, don't don't take it anymore. We're running out of good tight ends. So until the wheels come off, Gronk's a must start. I like, but just to to be the other side, four thirty seven and two or four thirty nine and two, whatever it was, is way more of a sell high line than what he had last week. Right? How? How? What are you gonna say? You're. I can't tell people anymore. If you couldn't, first of all, if you couldn't sell high on him last week. Maybe you can this week. I'm not sure because the numbers did go down. The targets went down. The catches, the yards all went down. People are going to realize that he's not going to score two touchdowns every week. But we're at a point with tight ends where if you don't have one of like, like now, now we're talking like maybe three, the top three or four best tight ends, you're better off streaming until you find a guy who can be really good. And Gronk's really good. Why would you give that up unless someone's going to overpay for him? He stunk last year after the Antonio Brown addition. You know, he was he was behind Cameron Brait in the playoffs. And then he had a great Super Bowl. He caught two touchdowns. Three so, straight games with two touchdowns. It's hard. There are going to be some bad games. I mean, I, you remember, we did the buy or sell. Chris Goblin's going to suck next week. It might, maybe it's Rob Gronkowski who's completely uninvolved and everybody... You know, it's going to be some ups and downs, but it is hard to sell a good tight end if you only have one good tight end on your team. Um, and then others. Yeah. Do you think he's capable of putting together some five for 60 stat line games? No touchdowns. Five for 60. Well, yeah, he had 80 yards in week one. Right. So, like, even if he doesn't score, he's got the potential to get it done with yardage to make you feel good about your chances of getting a productive tight end from week to week. What a stupid week this was. Tight ends, Gronkowski, Max Williams, Noah Fant, who scored, Foster Moreau, and Jack Doyle. That's yeah, your... if you caught a touchdown or had a ton of yards, you were okay. Well, and like three of the three of the top six that we had ranked play tonight and tomorrow. Right. Um, although it looks like one of them's never getting a target again. So mm, I doubt that's Kelsey. Okay, let's go to the games, folks. Let's just put it this way. Through almost the end of the first quarter, Kelsey and Andrews have one target combined. Wow. And the Honey Badger has more catches than both of them combined. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Lamar, Lamar. All right, Buffalo 35, Miami. We need to talk about that before this podcast ends. Uh, He stinks against the Chiefs. Buffalo 35, Miami 0. Watch it. It's like a huge game. Everybody's just laughing at me by the time they hear it. Uh, Josh Allen. Believe it or not, there are no oh, yeah. startable dolphins. That's right. I forgot you do that part. <laughs> Usually you say yeah, the score and then I do the believe it or not, and then we do the talking. I I'm not ready to say Gaskin is an absolute must sit, nor am I ready to say that with Waddle, but the it, the outlook is bleaker without Tua under center. Yeah, we don't know how long he'll be out. So, you can't feel good about starting either one. I, look, there's you got nine catches in two games from Gaskin, so that's something. Buy or sell. There's a, more work. There's it's a little depressing that Malcolm Brown had as many carries. A little bit of concern about Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They're just regressing like we all agreed they would before the season, right? No. <laughs> sell. 
you know what? I, I'm still optimistic. Allen's been a little scattershot to start the year. So he scored 20 points today at the Dolphins. He had a rushing touchdown that they put at the one-yard line because he started his dive into the end zone just before mm-hmm. the goal line. So that would have been a 26-point game. Then Zach Moss scored on the next play. Uh, how about the round two wide receivers? They've really been pretty bad. You know, Hopkins has three touchdowns, which is great. He's been the best, I'd say. But Diggs, okay. Ridley, Diggs scored today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he if you look you at the sixteen PPR, but points. if you look at the other receivers, I mean, they okay, maybe bad wasn't the right word, but they haven't they haven't separated themselves, right? A little so, underwhelming, sure. Diggs, Ridley, I know he scored, but still underwhelming. Jefferson, mm-hmm. he scored in week one, a little underwhelming. DK Metcalf, no, Jefferson didn't score in week one. He's he almost scored. Oh, he almost one. scored. He scored. He in scored week today. Two, yeah. Been, it's yeah. still been a little underwhelming. A.J. Brown, sure. crap game today. Ha, these not guys are young one. studs, and they're not off to great starts. Nope. Do you make anything of that? I mean, are you concerned, or they'll they'll be fine? I'm definitely not concerned about Jefferson. Not even a little. And you can't buy low on him because he just had 860 or 665 in a touchdown in week two. And he should have had a touchdown in week one. And I'm not terribly – I'm not worried yet about Ridley – uh, I wonder if the Falcons keep losing if someone makes an offer for Matt Ryan that they consider it at the mm-hmm. trade deadline. That would be a little wild. We don't really see quarterbacks traded at the deadline, but it's possible that something like that could are, happen. Are we more worried about these guys or Zeke and um, Najee Harris? I'm plenty worried about Najee. Maybe He's Jonathan Taylor. Got a touchdown today. Are we really worried about Zeke? I mean, maybe we're worried about him hitting his potential, but I don't know that you're going to Well, I'm not worried him. about any of these receivers like not being startable. I'm right. worried about them not justifying a second-round draft pick. I'm worried about Zeke not justifying a first-round draft pick. Right. Or Najee justifying a second-round draft pick. Najee Harris well, seems a little more worrisome, right? Uh, you know, I know he had the receiving touchdown today, but God, right. Ben Roethlisberger might be cooked and they just, mm-hmm. but if Deontay Johnson's out, maybe that means seven catches for Harris. Who knows? That would help. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I didn't really like the way things looked for Jonathan Taylor very much this week. Oh, he, I'm so optimistic on Taylor. Three straight carries stopped at the I one. The one. Yeah. And he had a touchdown called back in week one, but he's, but his rush average has been horrible so far. All right, Bears 20, True. Cincinnati 17, Heath. Um, yeah, believe it or not, something's really wrong with Joe Burrow. <laughs> I don't think you put a lot of thought into that one. That was the the t- the pick six was really, really bad. Um I, I think part of it is that the Bengals are committed to trying to be as balanced as they can be. Last week, we saw Mixon get more carries than Burrow had pass attempts. Burrow had more attempts than Mixon this week. But Burrow also kind of led him back late in the game. They were down big. And next thing you know, the Bengals had a chance to you know, win. So I, I think that he can work it out a little bit, but the yardage is definitely ugly. He's got good receivers that can make plays after the catch. That always helps him. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of confidence to start him unless it's in like very favorable matchup. Week three at Pittsburgh is not a very favorable matchup, uh, but he's got Jacksonville in week four. I'd like to hold on to Burrow until then and then probably use him in that game. 
Heath, did you believe it that there's something wrong with Burrow? I think the Bengals are kind of behaving as if they think there's he's not quite back. Because I don't know why else they would want to be a run-heavy team. That's a bad game plan. Well, if they would say that their defense wasn't so bad. They're improved, yeah. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about Joe Burrow, yes. Like, and, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I'm not sure he's going to be someone we want to use this year. The Bears threw for 116 yards in this game. Mm. <laughs> Any thoughts on David Montgomery? 20 carries, three catches, not a great day, but a ton of touches. It's it's encouraging that he had that much work. Yeah. So just chalk it up to a bad game. It's too bad, too, because I don't know. Maybe there is something to this Bengals defense being better than they were last year. Sure, that's easy to say, but Dalvin Cook didn't have a crazy amount of rush yards last week. Was saved by a touchdown. Montgomery wasn't saved by a touchdown this week. Maybe it's not the cakewalk that we thought it would be. Denver 23, Jacksonville 13. Believe it or not, Marvin Jones is the best wide receiver on Jacksonville. I believe it. That's easy to believe. Now. Yeah. Well, now that Chenault is hurt. I guess if Chenault isn't 100% and DJ Chark is going to well, fluctuate like, wildly. Like Chenault's been good. Chenault's been almost completely a figment of our imagination. Yeah, that's true. It's be, but because, <laughs> you know, it's the combination of getting a lot of short targets and a good athletic profile, but... And, and tough to bring down. But Jones is easily the best receiver there. Well, Chark that was one that the preseason didn't lie to us about. No, because Chenault was great in the preseason. But if Chenault misses time, this is a big deal. He was still getting a lot of targets. He was the short area guy for them. Probably a great deal for James Robinson. Yeah, maybe. Uh, buy or sell, you should not start any of the running backs on either of these two teams, which would be Gordon, Williams, and Robinson. Gordon was a big letdown today. Really thought he'd have a chance to score. I thought he'd lead the way in touches, and, and he, I think he barely did. Yeah, he had one more touch. Buy, one buy or more sell. Touch than Williams, buy or so. sell. You shouldn't start any of these three running backs. Matchup dependent. Not with confidence. Okay. And Cleveland 31, Houston 21. Let's see, you used Brandon Cooks. Um... <laughs> Man, what is what else is there to talk about with these teams? Well, Kareem injured Hunt. receivers on Houston. Yeah, and uh, I got nothing. I have literally nothing. All right, all right, I got you. Uh, buy or sell? Kareem Hunt is more startable than Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, or James Robinson. Hunt had 13 carries for 51 yards and one catch. It's a matchup dependent thing. Yeah, although. For the moment, look, we thought that this was the perfect matchup for Kareem Hunt because the Browns will just steamroll their way to a victory with their great run game. And they got a fullback dive for a touchdown from Janovich and Nick Chubb rushed for a touchdown. Kareem Hunt had more carries than Nick Chubb. Uh, definitely wasn't involved in the past game like he has been in the past. I, I'm I'm fine still calling Chubb, uh, Hunt rather a low-end start from week to week, but he's pretty touchdown-dependent. It drives me freaking crazy. If they would treat Nick Chubb like the Titans treat Derrick Henry, he could be Derrick Henry. He's so freaking good. Just but he had twelve you know why carries. They don't. No, I don't. Because they don't want him to get hurt. 
and they've got this incredible running back. That Kareem Hunt is their backup running. Yeah, back. but he's not. He's he's good. He's really not in the st- same stratosphere as Nick Chubb. Not there. There might be five running backs in the National Football League that are in the same stratosphere. I know. <laughs> I know that's what I'm and when you look at backup running backs, there might not be more than two or three running backs that are in the same stratosphere as backup running backs to Kareem Hunt. It's true. So right. they're they're smart to use them both. It just stinks for us. Mayfield, seventy-two percent rostered. That that's going down. Uh, he was nineteen of twenty-one though. That's pretty good. He just doesn't throw enough, and no wide receivers. Rams twenty-seven, Colts twenty-four. Believe it or not, Sony Michelle is a must-start running back if Daryl Henderson misses time. Uh, playing the Bucks. Good, you caught Can't it. it. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> right? I mean, is that how you feel? Yeah, I'm not going to start him against the Bucks next week. Four of his next six matchups after next week, though, and, and this is assuming that Henderson's out for a long period of time, I'd start him against Arizona at home. I'd start him at Seattle. At the Giants, eh. Home against Detroit, ding, ding, ding. At Houston, ding, ding, ding. Oh, and then we can go one more after that. Tennessee at home, ding, ding, ding. So if Henderson misses an extended period of time, maybe he fractured a rib, um, Michelle will have some good matchups coming up that you could see yourself starting him in. Okay, buy or sell. Robert Maybe Woods. a good buy low running back either before week three or right after week three. Buy or sell. Robert Woods is still better than all of the Bucks wide receivers rest of the season. You can't say that. I can say it. I just cannot did. say it. I, I will sell that. Um, he might be better than two of them. All Which right. two? I'm not sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I'll, I'll tell you one thing, dude. I, I think Mike Evans, it, it was great that he had the two touchdowns, big bounce back game. He also got hurt in the game and came back. A lot of the things that we saw last year happened. This game was a microcosm for Mike Evans 2020. Lots of short touchdowns, got hurt, came back in, playing at less than 100%. I would sell high on Mike Evans personally if if I liked my receiver depth. Okay, and then uh, Naheem Hines, 77% rostered, two, oh, t- <laughs> two touches. A fool Jew game from him again. Who could have seen this coming? Do you? We, we, this happened to us twice last year, literally twice. Yeah, but but at the end of the at the end of the day, he had a solid season. So maybe he's just going to be kind of inconsistent. Do you drop Naeem Hines? No, I don't think you drop. His roster spot should be in jeopardy. You don't. I don't think he's good enough to where you say, "I have to keep Naeem Hines on your roster." It might be different in full PPR uh, for running back depth purposes. I get that he does play at Tennessee next week. That should work out for him better, obviously better than this week, but close to what he did last week. Carolina twenty-six, New Orleans seven. Believe it or not, Alvin Kamara is the only Saint who should be on a fantasy roster. I think that's a believable statement. Tony oh, Jones. unless you count Michael Tony, Thomas. <laughs> Tony Jones. Excellent. Oh, and Michael Thomas. Yes. Roster them all. Just uh, Michael Thomas. I mean, yeah, I don't Tony know Jones if I can is... get behind Tony Jones. Like, he's in more jeopardy of losing a roster spot for fantasy managers than Naheem Hines. For sure. I would drop Jones now. I emailed my or I texted my commissioner today in one league and I said, Hey, I I added Jawan Johnson. Can you make him tight end eligible? And he's like, Okay, I just did. I'm like, okay, can you give him some catches, please? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's gonna matter. Should we see how many snaps he played? Because I haven't yes, looked it up. It was actually. Twelve last week. Adam, while Dave's looking up snaps, um, fantasy cops episode, Dave texted me last week and asked me to make Juwan Johnson tight end eligible. 
and I refused because it was an IDP league. And I, I was afraid if I opened up the multiple position eligibility, then we would have a lot of linebackers that were suddenly defensive linemen eligible, and it would change the competitive balance of the league. I think you should have reached out to the entire league and, and asked them what they felt about it, because I think it's a group of fantasy football employees, basically. Uh, I think they would have understood that Jawan Johnson needs to be tight end eligible. Well... The problem is that Jawan Johnson played 18 snaps this week. I think 12 <laughs> last week. I Two weeks from now, everybody's going to be dropping Jawan Johnson, and it doesn't matter what position you could start him <laughs> at. Receiver, tight end, kicker, DST, it's not going to matter. All right, Harry, let's, let me speed things up here. Buy or sell, Robbie Anderson is droppable. Oh, Why? I'd pick up Robbie Anderson if he was on the waiver wire, so I sell that. No, he had six targets this week. No, I'm going to hold him for one more week. I would drop Hines before him. San Francisco, Same. 17, Philadelphia, 11. Surprising game here. Uh, what do you got, or, or, believe it or not? Believe it or not, Miles Sanders has a Kenneth Gainwell problem. Mm. Yeah, I kind of believe it. I there guess was so. a report from before the game from Sal Palantino. Antonio. Palantonio. Palantonio, who oh, yes. he expected... Yeah. Kenneth Gainwell would take more snaps and touches from Miles Sanders as the year goes on. Which didn't happen no, in this game. It I, was still favorable for Miles Sanders overall in terms of snaps. He's too small. 67% for snaps for he's, Sanders. He's my height. I, I, I don't Gainwell? Know. Yeah. I guess he could get more snaps in theory. I mean, but... have you ever seen Darren Sproles? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm taller than Darren Sproles. I'm happy to report. He's faster than you. Gainwell? Stronger than you. I Both of them. He's not faster or stronger than Prisco. That's the only thing I learned this week. Uh, <laughs> no one is. Uh, uh, all right. Sanders comes back down to earth. But he had 13 carries for 55 yards. He only had one catch, though. He had four catches last week. Everybody would be panicking if this is what Sanders did in week one. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. So he, he bought himself a little time. 49ers run defense was pretty good. Eagles offense was pretty mystifying. He's got the Broncos next, or I'm sorry, he's got Dallas next week. Well, so you'll probably use Sanders as an RB too. Also, Hertz had a beautiful, deep touchdown pass to Jalen Rager, but Rager stepped out of bounds before he caught the ball, so it was called back on a penalty. If he completes that and it's a touchdown, it's a 28 or something like that point game for Jalen Hurts. And you've got to really admire how much better he's gotten as a passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, anything else here? Brandon Ayuk, drop or hold? Hold. Hold. One more week. Buy, sell, hold, Debo At Samuel. One more week. Sell. I think you missed the window to really sell Debo. Just as long as they've yards. got. Hold on. If, as long as they've got problems with their run game, I think Debo Samuel is going to continue to get targets. He's that short area target guy. He's an extension of the run game for the Niners. Okay. Vegas, Absolutely hold on to Debo. Vegas and if 26. someone's trying to get rid of him on the cheap, get him. Vegas 26, Pittsburgh 7. Go. Believe it or not, Derek Carr is a must-start quarterback. Dave hears the buy or sell, checks the schedule. Oh, no, um, come on. He's not a must-start. There are too many great quarterbacks. He's, been, a lot, he's been better than Kirk Cousins, right? No, I don't think so. Well, Maybe. If you normalize for matchups. 
Then, yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> so which quarterbacks would we confidently start Derek Carr over? And I'll just – Burrow, Tannehill are the ones that come up to mind. No, Ryan but I don't, know that you're, well, I don't know that you're confidently starting him over Ryan Tannehill or, or – and by the way, Heath, if you only count regulation and normalize for matchups, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think it's no Cousins. Wait, didn't Cousins play overtime? Cousins played overtime in week one. Damn week it. Week one, yeah, he did. But if you, if you, if you just take the production from regulation – uh, uh, no, I think Carr's earned it, especially if Jacobs remains out. It's hard to call him a must-start because he's immobile. He's, I yeah. like him more than Cousins. Really? Are you serious? I think I do. That surprises me. How come? I feel more confident in the Raiders being this pass-heavy than the Vikings. Okay. Even though we saw it quite a bit from the Vikings last year, well, for like four weeks. No, eight. No, it was Legit- more than four. Eight, eight weeks. Eight weeks they were league average in passing, or eight. No, weeks eight they weeks were he averaged over thirty-five pass attempts per game in the last eight games. Wasn't it like thirty-eight? I think it was about yeah, it was about thirty-eight pass attempts per game. And he only threw 30, 31 times today, cousins in that game. But right, they weren't pass heavy today. No, they weren't. They a lot of Dalvin Cook. Uh, okay, and then for the Steelers. Uh, okay, forget Roethlisberger, but buy or sell uh, Najee Harris is worse than Antonio Gibson. Or in other words, a normal person would ask, who would you rather have, Antonio Gibson or Najee Harris? Gibson. I think I'd rather have Gibson because I think the problems that Najee has with his offensive line and his offense in general aren't going to be fixable this year. Okay, last question real quick. One word answer, Harris or Barkley? Barkley. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably Harris. <laughs> okay, great. New England 25, Jets 6. Um, believe it or not, Damian Harris is going to be a top 15 running back in non-PPR rest away. I'm not going to believe it. I think he can come close to it. He could get there if he stays healthy the rest of the year. I think in non-PPR, I'd rather have Damian Harris than Najee Harris. Or, yeah, Damian Harris than Najee Harris. Oh, wow. Non-PPR. Look, I get it. I totally understand that. The Steelers cannot run block at all. Yeah. That's bold. Even in that game against... Remember how like excited I was about how well they pass blocked for Roethlisberger in that preseason game against the Lions? And th- this won't be an issue, I said. Their run blocking in that game against the Lions backups was not great. And now we're seeing it in the regular season that they just can't do anything for poor Najee. Let's get to the 4 o'clock he'll, games. He'll break some long runs along the way. It's just you know the nature of the beast. But they're, they are a hindrance that cannot be fixed. So I, I get what you're saying, Heath. I just don't know if I can trust Damian Harris to stay healthy, much less continue to be the lead back for the Patriots. Let's go. We got five minutes for four games. Tampa Bay 48, Atlanta 35. Believe it or not, Cordero Patterson matters for fantasy. Can I say that I don't want to believe it? No, I need I need what you actually believe. <laughs> yeah, I I I have I don't I, uh, I, I don't believe it. Okay. Uh, come on, I mean, you know, it's his whole... Do you believe it? Do you, Heath? 
I'm struggling with it. I asked the questions. Tomorrow morning, I answer them on CBSSports.com. It's a Believe It or Not article. Uh, you're kind of ignoring the fact that Mike Davis had seven catches today. For like 15 yards? <laughs> 25. Seven catches for 25 <laughs> yards. Nine carries He's... for 38 yards. If Patterson doesn't catch, if Patterson doesn't total two touchdowns, no one gives a damn. Yeah. I mean, he had 80 yards receiving. For a running back, we care about that. He had 80, 80 yards, yards, he had 58. 50 yards, that's basically the same. <laughs> well, there's an eight in it, 58. 50, 80, what's the diff? Uh, all right, moving on. Arizona 34, Minnesota 33. Believe it or not, Kyler Murray is QB1. Well, there's only other two, two other quarterbacks that I think could challenge him for that right now, and that's Brady and Mahomes. Yeah, I'll take QB2. I'll, I'll, I'll say... Nobody's I would take ahead Q- of Mahomes. Uh, I I could see him being QB one. He's doing a really good job oh, in this offense. Absolutely, he was QB one before now, his shoulder he, injury last year. I would like to see how he does against some tougher defenses. He'll to start him. the year, he's Tennessee and Minnesota turned out to be favorable matchups for him. He's at Jacksonville next week, and then he starts an interesting run. Week four, Rams. Week five, 49ers. Week six, forget Cleveland. it, Dave. Week forget seven, it. Houston. Forget it, bro. Like he's gonna crush him. The throw he made on fourth down to Christian Kirk. This guy is playing at an incredible level. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. He's this absolute superstar. And he's got such weapons. Such such weapons. Um, Buy or sell. Chase Edmonds is just never going to be... It's just rarely going to be great. Buy. He was 11. He's a low-end number two running back, which is what you draft him to be in PPR. Dallas 20, Chargers so, 17. Right. Bye. <laughs> that sound, sounded like a buy. Yeah, yeah. I, I assumed it was a buy. Um, th- this one will take a little bit of explaining, but believe it or not, Dak Prescott has a Jerry Jones problem. We have never seen a game plan like this from, I don't, that I can recall from a Kellen Moore offense. The week after we spent all week talking about how Dak checked out of 12 runs and the the Cowboys didn't run the ball at all, they ran the ball more than they passed it against the Chargers. And it's not because they were ahead the whole game. This was a back-and-forth, very close game, and they were just going to run it on first and second down every play. And then, unfortunately, they also won. (laughs) I don't know. Dave, what do you think? you believe this? I don't. I think that they were able to have some success running the football early, and they stuck with it. And there will be games where they are going to continue to do that, and it makes sense, especially when they've got somebody like Pollard to go with Zeke, and they can just rotate those guys. But I also think that push will come to shove eventually, and they're going to throw the football a lot more. That's assuming that Amari Cooper is healthy. Now, if Cooper is out for a while... That could swing the balance to the run a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, last question on this game. Buy, sell, hold Mike Williams. I think you have to hold him. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a sell-high candidate. I think he can keep this going. I'm gonna he's buy. being used differently. Um, you're buying him. I'm buying him. Top 20 wide receiver rest of the season. So, okay. So you're saying he'll keep this up. And so if you've got a couple of receivers, okay. I'm trying to think of a receiver who's Robert Woods or Mike we, Williams. That's a great one. I should probably say Robert Woods. I don't want to 
get too far out over my skis here. But I kinda, I'm going to study Mike Williams tomorrow, and uh, I, I wonder what his A dot is. Are they are they kind of you know bringing him back closer to the line of scrimmage where he's not you know just getting fed all these deep targets like last year? He seems pretty versatile and and I agree looks great. And the out target there. volume's been awesome. Herbert is a, just a beautiful quarterback to watch. I mean, this guy he he's got such a freaking arm. And I can't believe the fantasy production has been better, but he's you know they're they're good for, they're a good match for each other. I think I, I'm totally right. I can't imagine I'm sitting him anytime soon. No, yeah, but yeah, I think I'd still take Woods. I'll, well, imagine if you drafted Mike Williams with a late pick and someone offers Robert Woods straight up for him. Then I would I would tell that person is that Robert Woods, since he's been a Ram, has not finished lower than 18th per game in PPR. Or at least the last three years, I don't, maybe which is about what before. I expect for Williams. So it's right in that at range. This point, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, last game: Tennessee thirty-three, Seattle thirty. Believe it, or, we did this with the other team, so let's just do it with this team. Believe it or not, Julio Jones is the number one wide receiver on the Titans. Don't believe it. No, actually, Brown had more. One more target. He had had some drops in this game. Didn't really. Yep. Play. He was that bad. Well. Yeah, this might have been his worst game in, you know, his career. I don't buy it, but Dave? No, I don't. I, 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 I don't believe it. Heath? I don't believe it, but I am, like, I'm very worried about Ryan Tannehill. In fact, I'd probably only be holding him if I did because the Jets in Jacksonville are right around the corner after the Colts this week. Um, but I'm also getting concerned about AJ Brown. I drafted a lot of him. Thankfully, the guys that I drafted him over have mostly been bad too. Uh, Robert Woods. So yeah, just to clarify, PPR leagues, he's been 13th to 18th per game, three straight seasons, and that's uh, that's probably it for Seattle. I think we know what Seattle is. Um, I thought it was a safety, but. It's probably yeah, it was, so it was probably a good call. I think forward progress was was probably the right call. But I'm glad the Titans won. Uh, thank you know got to keep those Giants wild card hopes alive. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you. We've got a, a Monday. Right, that was something happened in the Ravens game. <laughs> We've got a Monday afternoon show. Me and Chris giving you some advanced stats, some snap count stuff, some big topics. We get, you know we do the big stuff and the little stuff for you on Monday. Then Tuesday we'll come back with the waiver wire for Dave and Heath. I'm Adam. Thanks so much for watching and listening to Fantasy Football today. See ya.